If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this for March 3rd, 2023 for the next hour or so. Let me help you sort through the world of gaming on Game S Mornings Live with me, Jeff Grubb. Today, Square Enix CEO is stepping down to count all of his sweet, sweet Final Fantasy NFTs. But first, please join me in welcoming today's co-host to Game S Mornings. It's Tamur Hussein, everybody. Tamur, how are you doing? Hello, Jeff Grubb. I am, you know what? Yeah. This morning, I woke up and I was like, it is warm in this bed and I hope there's no reason for me to get out of bed. And you know what, Jeff Grubb? There the were reason. too many reasons. There, was there were many reasons, reasons. Yeah, not just this. Okay. There were many reasons. There's an entire day of things to do. And let me tell you, I am tired. But it's Dreg's Day. It's you know Dreg's Day. And we got to do it. We have uh, an obligation. We got to do it. We are obligated to raise the spirits of our viewers and listeners on Dreg's Day. Because if we don't do it, they will have a bad Friday. So I'm a, we ha- we obligated. This is our responsibility. Right. We have to have a bad Friday so others don't. Like We are yes. the buffer. We are yes. the, the bumpers. We are, we are Zorro taking yeah. all the slashes Fucking AI for, for Luffy and That's just right. tanking it. That's us. We're standing there like this, arms stretched out. Like, come on. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing a funny hat because I have an ear infection. I don't know what I, that's it's that simple when I talk it like it's the the sound gets caught in my ear and it's like when you have that delayed uh feedback on your like when you're listening to your monitor when you like use the mm. windows monitor thing and so every word I say makes me want to be like oh someone's interrupting me I should uh, 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 and so it's gonna be one of those this, days this might be a bit personal but also I just want to know this I feel like I'm having a Dan Reichert moment I'm about to ask this yeah how do you get an ear infection like what's the, what kids, is the mechanics and science behind it? Like is is like some someone spitting in your ear or what? I so okay, very. I think it's a really good question, and I, I don't know, but I will. I'll, I'll say this. My assumption is there are doctors who are ears, nose, and throat doctors, right? The suggestion yeah. there being they're all connected. So I right. think what probably happens is you get a sinus infection and it goes up uh, into your okay. ear. Just yeah, guessing, just throwing that out there. I that don't know. Sense. It feels like that's what's happening to me. Uh, I that mean, or aliens lay eggs in your head. Yeah, I, for the longest time, I thought like a bug was flying into ears and then laying like eggs, and then and it's becoming awful in there. But that it does make more sense for it to be a conjoined thing. Yeah, it's all just one big hole behind your brain and eyes and nose and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's upsetting in its own way. Uh, yeah, all right, I I told you I was going to need your help with something. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. bring this up. You'll need to. Look at the live feed. I'll get this right now. Uh, all right. There's uh, on the screen, and I'll read this for everybody for audio listeners. There's two consoles: <laughs> console A and console B. Console A. That we, these. So we. The, 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 there was a draft for games from the 32-bit and 64-bit generation. Oh, okay. So we we pick which console. You can only pick one. All right. Console okay. A is Final console Fantasy Seven. Seven. Mario yeah, 64. Ahead. Final Fantasy Eight. Goldeneye. Paper Mario, Wave Race 64, Majora's Mask, WF, WWF No Mercy, Smash Bros, Vagrant Story, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Street Fighter Alpha 3. Okay. Console B, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, Symphony of the Night, Tekken 3, Gran Turismo 2, Banjo-Kazooie, Final Fantasy 12, Einhander, Crash 3, Warp, Suikoden 2, Ridge Racer Type 4. I'm going Console 2. You're on console B. Um, console B, console B. Like console A is strong, but I feel like the main thing that we're missing on console B from that list is Mario 64 and A Final Fantasy. Everything else. It's got Final I Fantasy 9. Like... I like how you didn't count that, actually. I really appreciate it. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, sorry. My bad. No, no, it's fine. Uh, Final Fantasy 9, I forgot there. But like a Final Fantasy. Actually, yeah, Final Fantasy 9 is one of my favorites. So I'll take that okay, over there you go. Eight, 8 and 7. I do love 8 a lot. Um, even though it's a hot mess of a game. Um, I do like that one. We got Ocarina of Time over Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, a more interesting game, but Ocarina of Time, I think, a more play replayable game. 
Um, Alpha three is my the one that hurts me to lose, but we Tekken three is is a good replacement. I'm I'm more of an Alpha three fighter Capcom guy, but I'll take Tekken three. Um, it's a solid solid fighting game. I do not give a shit about Gran Turismo one bit. I if Gran Turismo was removed from history for all time, I would not. You wouldn't even notice an island. I wouldn't even care. Yes, it'd be um, like the timeline would be completely unchanged. Yeah, it would exactly. be like that um that movie where no one had heard of the Beatles, except for it would be nothing like that because nothing it would nothing would be different. You know what, Jeff Grubb? If if anyone ever figures out how to remove Gran Turismo from history, take the Beatles as well. Okay. Um, well, shit. I'm I mean, it's Friday. It's Dreg's Day. You're allowed to fire whatever shots Day. you got to fire. Uh, yeah. The Beatles are I'm catching strays today, shots. everybody. I don't the know Beatles why. The Beatles are they... catching them. Uh, I don't care. I don't know what you're singing about. you kind of weird. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, just fuck off in that yellow submarine. Uh, I will. Ridge Racer Type 4 is, is another one, which I'm like. Ridge Race, of all the Ridge Racers, I like Ridge Racer Type 4 quite a bit. It's, got it's a good game. And, and Panache, yeah. Okay. I think console B is winning because Metal Gear Solid 1, Resident Evil 2, Symphony of the Night, Tekken 3. I mean, yes. I mean, the top, the top four, the top five are all bangers on that list. Now, I think I would pro Man, it's tough. I would probably... Right now, I'm in the mood for console B. I didn't, I didn't draft console B. That was Mike Minotti. Uh, I, I did console oh, wait, A. No, I'm siding with Mike. I'm so, console A. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, uh, he lost the uh, the voting in our uh, in our with our podcast producers, but he's also losing on Twitter by about four points. It's like fifty two to forty eight. Losing now, everywhere. Now he no he's he's winning here in the poll on Giant Bomb, which is why we must destroy this poll so he can never see it. I'm sure he's still asleep, so we still have plenty of time, everybody, before hmm. you can see it. Uh, yeah, this it was it was fun. He got very upset when he lost, though, and that's actually the best. That's how we all win is when Mike Minotti yeah. gets upset. <laughs> all right, we have to get into this mess, but before we do, let's explain what we do here. Most weekdays, I Jeff Grubb will help piece your gaming life back together. That includes breaking news and maybe even some of our own original reporting. For all these topics, I'll get the input of a bona fide expert who will make me look smart. If you're watching live on Twitch, welcome. You can always listen to the show later on podcast feeds by searching for Game Mess Mornings or find the RSS on GiantBomb.com. You can also catch the show later with chapters and timestamps on YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Okay, we have a lot to get into, so let's start the morning mess with Sony might have to reveal what it pays for exclusives, Court says. Uh, this comes from Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. The last time we were checking in on the legal tussle over the proposed $69 billion sale of Activision Blizzard, Sony was complaining of harassment at the hand of Microsoft, who were asking to see all kinds of records, emails, and internal documentation as part of the case's discovery process. As Game Developers reports, uh, though, the FTC's chief administrative judge, D. Michael Chappell, has tossed out most, though not all, of Sony's complaints, meaning that Microsoft is about to get access to a ton of relevant documents that PlayStation didn't want released, ranging from antitrust lawyers' external emails to a number of senior vice presidents' documentation to the records of former employees. Most interesting, though, interestingly, though, uh, is that the FCC said, and this is a kind of a quote from one of the, the things the judge said, Microsoft argues that the complaint in this case makes a number of allegations regarding high-performance video game console developers' exclusivity arrangements with video game publishers. Microsoft states that this is that it is aware that SIE requires many third-party publishers to agree to exclusivity provisions, including preventing the publisher from putting their games on Xbox's multi-game subscription service, and that understanding the full extent of SIE's exclusivity arrangements and their effect on the industry competitiveness will assist in its defense. Basically, this comes down to Sony's going to have to show its work and show like the arguments it makes to publishers and the money it's paying to publishers to uh, basically get a competitive advantage over Microsoft. And I think what the, the potential here is uh, anytime in any one of these communications that Jim Ryan or someone along the line of the Sony executive team has suggested getting a big exclusive will help us compete. It will like slightly, ever so slightly, but slightly like weaken Sony's position that uh, exclusivity hurts competition because that's kind of the argument they're trying to make against Call of Duty. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think this is gun. This was bound to happen, and I, I would imagine Sony was prepared for this to happen. If they weren't prepared for this to happen, then one, why did you go so hard on this, um, on this line of like reasoning? And two, like you should have been prepared because this was definitely going to happen. Like the the thing is, they can. It is very much a a situation where if sony is going to 
put out the idea that hey exclusivity and locking off people from access to certain franchises or games or you know content is makes meaningful impact a court that doesn't have a super deep understanding of the business of video games is going to want to see the see the evidence that shows um how these two companies have approached it in the past and how it has meaningfully changed or uh, impacted their business or the business of the industry and the only way to do that is to look at both companies and see the kind of track record in the past sony is in an interesting spot because they had a phase where they were big on exclusives they were going hard on exclusives they were you know taking uh, a lot of their money and putting it towards grabbing dlc or locking up timed exclusives and that stuff is going to show because it did have a meaningful impact on some occasions, on more than a few occasions. So I would imagine they're ready for it, um, and and they will have some sort of counter argument if there is a situation where they um, are told, "Hey, you know, you've done this before, so we don't know what you're moaning about. We're moving on." Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, as a uh... Lucius Augustus in the Twitch chat says, me sowing, yeah, this is awesome, me reaping, oh, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ironically, the funniest part of it is, like, well, for the longest time, we as gaming commentators and analysts or whatever, and, and just, like, armchair analysts have yep. been looking at Microsoft and being like, wow, it really sucks that they don't have any exclusives. And now we're like, Microsoft is like, worked out for us. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to, <laughs> about to uh, lay some uh, smackdowns in legal systems, so... Yeah, I, so Judge Campbell says the, that the reason that the, they made this uh, decision is the nature and extent of Sony's co content licensing agreements are relevant to the complaints, allegations of exclusivity arrangements between video game console developers and video game developers and publishers. It, it just, yeah, like you said, it, it, it is very important to understand the reasoning that these decisions get made. And and if um, and if Sony's pu public position of, of Call of Duty is special, is accurate or true or or if that's measurable in any real way uh and if that makes it very different from all of these other exclusivity arrangements that sony makes or or if internally they've said something different and and then the, these uh these documentations can reveal that um you know I, whether I or not if it yeah go ahead i bet if it, if it does go weird they will start the approach will be to start talking about how Call of Duty as a franchise is makes uh, is a system seller, and it can have impact on whether hardware as a whole sells higher or lower if it's attached, and if it's going to be attached to Microsoft consoles only, that puts at uh, every other platform holder at a significant disadvantage in terms of hardware sales. That will probably be the next line of. I imagine that might be something along the lines of what they might try next if if they're not. I mean, like they have smaller lawyers than us, but um, I think they're gonna if they, if it does come out, they're gonna have to switch tact and try a different angle on the same approach. Right, and and they continue to be in a, at least with the FTC a somewhat favorable position for that argument because uh, the FTC at least wants to not count Nintendo Switch. If 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 Microsoft could point to Switch and be like that doesn't have it, it's sold just fine. Then that you know that alleviates all those concerns. If that's a like, it's got Metroid Prime though, it doesn't need anything. That's right. Else. I mean, honestly, the judge is going to understand that and be like, okay, yeah. that's true. Metroid Prime is going to be like uh, denied. Have you played Metroid Prime? Yes, Metroid Prime is poggers, says the judge <laughs> in the yeah. most recent court case. Uh, <laughs> it's the judge soy faces and says Metroid Prime is poggers. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, so Sony doesn't want to be in this position, but I think you're mostly right that they're probably prepared for, for this outcome. Uh, I think their preparation, though, is drawing it out as long as possible because they, what they're still playing that clock game, just like many of the regulators are, where they're hoping Microsoft bails on, on it because um, if this all goes through, it's, you know, it, it's it, it'll it'll still take some time, but it's like, well, if it goes through, it goes through, and then we'll figure things out. We'll pick up the pieces for then. Right now, we need to be making every sort of obstacle as big and annoying as possible so yeah. that it can maybe throw, you can buck Microsoft off that that beast or whatever, but that, this that's is pretty not unlikely. Gonna happen. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Like, even if they spend a crazy amount of money to f go towards, go all the full rounds, um, it's still going to be beneficial to them to at the end. Like, they will have 
control and stake in some of the biggest franchises. Like King is no joke. Yes. They get King along with it. King is like ridiculous. We don't pay attention to it anymore because no one cares about a lot of their games. Like kind of they've just exist in the background. But uh, the people, the things that the gamers aren't paying attention to, everyone else is, and King is making good money. Um, and then you also lock up, you know, Blizzard and and various other uh, Activision related studios and licenses and IPs and that kind of stuff. They'll make it worth it well. But then that's that that's where it's like it's confusing for Sony. I mean, maybe not confused, but that's where it's maybe a problematic for Sony. Where um, okay, so we, I think everyone mostly agrees Microsoft's not going to uh, back off. Uh, so then Sony, well, it, it, Sony needs to have a stronger case, a stronger position in court, and it doesn't have that. So should it begin trying to negotiate now to get the best deal possible, or does it think it could still get the best deal uh, weeks from now, months from now, it, even even if the court gives full approval to Microsoft, does Sony still think it can get, it can get good terms from Microsoft, and that's why it's willing to just keep delaying? Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. So, Make it as annoying as possible, and then yeah, at the end, ask for something way more than you got right now, and see what happens. Yeah, because I think I think what Sony's probably thinking is that, uh, yes, we could go to the table right now, but we're not going to necessarily get that much more than we'll get afterward because Microsoft's going to be in a position where they've told regulators over and over again, "We're the good guy." We'll make this deal with anyone, and so suddenly the deal gets full approval or whatever happens. Mm. Maybe maybe with concessions, uh, and Sony never sat down at the table. If Sony then decides to come and sign the deal, Microsoft would look really bad to regulators if they were like, well, now we're not going to do it because you didn't do it before. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft, yeah. I don't think there's any chance Microsoft does that. I think Sony knows that. I think that's sort of the strategy they're playing here. So uh, while they are getting in a situation where like, okay, we got to hand over all these documents. I think strategically, they're still pretty well positioned where uh, this is them maximizing their chances to get the best possible yeah. scenario. Because if it does go, if it does fall through, well, then that's the best case scenario for them. And if it does, if it gets approved, well, they could still get the same deal that's on the table right now. So mm. there they go. Yeah, there they go. Uh, Square Enix CEO steps down amid big changes in gaming. This comes from Dean Takashi at GamesBeat. Square Enix announced that it will play, replace its president and CEO, Yosuke Matsuda, who is stepping down from the job after many years in the role. He will be replaced by Takashi Kiryu, who is currently the Kiryu Chan? Who is uh, currently the chief strategy officer? Uh, this comes after the company made heavy investments in blockchain technology. The company said in a statement, under the rapid change of business environment surrounding the entertainment industry, the proposed change is intended to reshape the management team with the goal of adopting ever involved, ever evolving technolo technological innovations and maximizing the creativity of the company's group in order to deliver even greater entertainment to its customers around the world. Um, to me, this feels like uh, part two of a two-part story of um, Luminous Productions gets absorbed into Square Enix, CEO steps down. This is this company sort of making itself either A, easier to acquire, or B, trying to like buckling down the hatches to weather whatever's to come, right? Yeah, I think uh, we've had rumors of acquisition for a really long time. And I think this company wants to be acquired. Yeah, Who knows I if anyone's talking they... to them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, oof. if Sony isn't talking to them right now, uh, that would be wild. But I imagine those conversations have or are having or having are happening right now. Um, yeah, I think it's really hard to tell what's going on here because it could be both. Like, the thing that confuses me is like um, adopting ever evolving technology innovations is something that kind of is worrying to me. I think a lot of I think Square Enix has like got a lot of great franchises they can make the most of. Like Final Fantasy alone is enough to keep that company yes. um, kind of floating uh, a lot. And then you have other stuff that you can carry on making to kind of like uh, go above that. But I think everything that they, they're doing with like NFTs and blockchain is a hot mess. And they look so stupid. Every time, like, it, the whole thing is falling apart and collapsing. Everyone hates it. And then they come out and they're like, hey, we've got some new NFTs that we're working on. Or we're doubling down. It's like, what are you doing, man? Um, and I, I, I like, I'm, I'm not saying that just because um, I dislike that technology myself. I'm saying it because the impact is it shows that the company is out of touch and isn't, um, doesn't have its finger on the pulse in terms of what it's, um, 
audience is interested in on once from their gaming experiences because their audience doesn't want that the core gaming audience doesn't want that and i think that if they're thinking oh we're going to expand to a broader market where people outside of gaming would then be interested that's the big trick of of like nfts and blockchain there's not a lot of people that are interested outside of those people who are actively invested in this and creating this air of people are interested and kind of like creating this mirage of like uh, interest in it. And if you're getting got by that, you look stupid. And that's unfortunately what keeps seems to happen with Square Enix. Every time they make an announcement or they talk about blockchain and all they say that we're gonna ca- we're gonna double down on NFTs, people just go, "What the? Ca- what are you guys doing? What what's happening?" Here? And it's not just uh, like you like you said, it makes them look silly to to their to their audience, to gamers. They they were doing it at a point when it even made them look silly to the investors that would have listened to them the year before. This is uh, yeah. from that story from Dean's story back in January, in spite of a crash in cryptocurrency. And with the FTX meltdown happening at the same time and an accompanying drop in prices for non-fungible tokens, Matsuda issued another letter saying the company would continue to invest in cryptocurrency. This is in the the most recent, just January, two months ago. He's saying this even while FTX is crumbling to the ground and all this other stuff. And and so it doesn't just look um, like, oh, he's got this fanciful notion. He looks like he doesn't even understand it and looks incompetent. My man is buying a ticket onto the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. Yeah. And like, he's like, I can't wait to get on this. I'm, I'm excited for this. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it, it's real rough. Uh, and, you know, he has also overseen, I think, a period of, of Square. I mean, he, listen, he's been in charge of Square Enix for a very long time. But most recently, uh, his story is, okay, we're retreating from Western Studios. We are going to sell uh, Eidos Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, and Square Enix Montreal for a bargain. And then the company we sell it to is going to turn around and make a deal for just one of the IPs for twice what we sold it, sold the it, into all this th- to them for. That is another thing that makes them look bad. It's like yeah. you d- it shows that, if anything, it showed that they don't understand the value of the properties and the studios that they have. I think that it's it, it, so far, Square Enix is doing like a series of things that makes them seem out of touch. And if anything, I think like there's probably someone out there going, these guys are idiots. We could probably go in and buy them for like very cheap. I think the one thing that is probably going to save them is they have an over, they're overprotective of Final Fantasy. Yes. Like if anything, if there's anything that's going to turn out to be like, oh shit, they actually managed to pull a good deal off. It will be because they're putting their you know, foot in the, on the ground and like really buckling up and saying, no, we have Final Fantasy. You will pay us a lot of money if you want to acquire us. Yeah. Um, which is the right move. But I think like a, a smarter company would have made a better case for acquisition using some of those Western franchises and IPs. Like they gave away Tomb Raider. They gave away Hitman. And, and those two alone is like, you could probably have done way more if you wanted to get acquired. But maybe it's a, it's a, it's a kind of, indication that their acquisitions are or, or, or ambitions for acquisition or if it is acquisition are a little more focused on kind of certain regions like i imagine it's more compelling to be acquired by a company that's japanese if you don't have a lot of like um kind of other uh tendrils in different regions and franchises and studios that you have to think about um yeah, yeah we're making an assumption that they're doing this for acquisition it could very much be as you said like they're battening the hatches and this was all just to basically save them to for, during a tricky economic period yeah uh yeah and, and you know the the idos montreal crystal dynamic stuff was always spreadsheet math and it was these these studios have a profit margin that is below our average so they drag down our average let's get rid of them and then our profit margin will look better and it's like man i, that, I mean to me that's your mismanagement um and 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 so now people honestly now I think it, this is this it doesn't help Square Enix all that much because then people look past uh, Tomb Raider and they look past Deus Ex and these studios and like okay let's go look at your fundamentals man Final Fantasy fourteen that money is real it's green it spends and you're getting more of it every month because it's a subscription service that's huge what is all this behind Final Fantasy fourteen oh you got um uh, that weird platinum game what's that called that that that, that failed after uh, like then less than a year oh, the live service one babylon's uh, fall babylon's fall yeah you got left alive you got balance wonder world you got all, all there's a, a litany of games that are that, that how do we how do you explain those as because the quiet man it's not just one it's there's at least one a year 
And then, okay, but well, what about everything else? Okay, you've made a lot of other stuff, and it's like, okay, you released like 30 games in, in, in 2022, and it's like, oh, you did Tactics Over Remake, and it's like, why, did, why didn't they even do even better than it could have been, could have done? It felt like maybe the marketing wasn't even there. It's just like, yeah. there's a lot of questions about like what they're, about their fundamentals beyond Final the, Fantasy XIV. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a bizarre company as well, because they put out like games like the those, and and they just like kind of don't really say anything about them like when they are absolutely hot messes like i don't wonder world for example um it's like that game is one of the worst games ever <laughs> like and it is yes. a catastrophe of a thing i don't remember them coming out and being like this game yeah we 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 biffed it on this one but like guardians of the galaxy comes out and it and like after it's done its thing it gets like some good it gets a lot of good reviews people say they like it it doesn't really get a lot of marketing but still they roll up and they're like is this mic on? We thought this was a disappointment. And it's like, why did you do that? That's crazy. And then like Forspoken comes out and they're like, uh, we thought this was a disappointment. Marvel's Avengers. We thought this was a disappointment. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, what? what is the strategy here? Saying like uh, shooting yourself in the leg every time a game is is kind of like uh, not hitting the, the wild numbers that you have, which is like, I don't know what their expectations are of how games should perform, but it seems like unless it sells like a billion copies immediately, Square Enix is like, well, this wasn't worth it. It's like, okay, not every franchise is Final Fantasy, man, but yeah and, and even Do final fantasy is like that's the that i mean that's the the real tricky thing here is yeah final fantasy 14 for sure final fantasy 7 remake five million copies sold in that first year uh it, it, that always feels like a number that's soft that they could do that could that could have done more uh and and so it's like are, are they sure even final fantasy is going to perform i think final fantasy 16 is going to be a big hit but uh oh yeah i think i think like when it comes to final this is the thing when it comes to Final Fantasy, Square Enix knows exactly what they're doing. Like, they are nailing it. And that's the thing about them that frustrates me. It's like, I love Square Enix when they're doing Final Fantasy and doing certain, like, Japanese products, you know, Taxisogo, Final Fantasy Taxis, whatever, all the, all the kind of, like, that kind of stuff. I'm interested in that. And they are doing right by those franchises to a degree. Like, um, the only kind of misstep, I guess, would be... I mean, 15 is probably the main one. I was going to say Stranger of Paradise, but, like, somehow that has you know kind of become this cult hit mm -hmm. i don't know if it sold amazingly but um but like they they did enough to kind of garner some interest and some like love around that game um but everything else outside of it i just don't know what the strategy is and who is like making the calls on that stuff yeah i i, I think it's um we, we will see if their strategy changes overall if they uh what kind of games they begin investigating investing in after this uh the uh new CEO Kiryu is 48. He's been with Square Enix since 2020, uh, and he became director of Square Enix in May 2022. So he's had a pretty fast rise to the top, but he's CEO now and president, and we'll see I, his first letter next January and see what he says about NFTs. I do wonder what this means for partnerships, because who who does Square Enix currently have licenses with? Because they have Disney for Kingdom Hearts, and they're right. making a new Kingdom Hearts. But there's been a lot of speculation that we expect, like, as Kingdom Hearts... Uh, I was almost had to say I was a Kingdom Hearts fan, which I guess I am. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> as a Kingdom Hearts fan, uh, as a Kingdom Hearts fan who just doesn't tell anyone I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, because what, <laughs> if you say you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, the shame. other, yeah, the other Kingdom Hearts fans find you and they just start acting real weird, bro. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, stop. Um, but I, I, I like, there's a lot of speculation that like the Disney part of it's going to get toned down massively. Um, and we won't be as into getting as much of that, and they're going to amp up the uh, the kind of Final Fantasy, their own kind of stuff uh, around it, which makes a lot of sense. And if that is the case, like I wonder what happens with their license. But who else do they have licenses? I with? mean, they do they, they still have did, a Marvel. License? They had two a two game license for Marvel, and they that 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 was over. And um, okay, and now obviously there's no chance of them re-upping that for Guardians of the Galaxy two or whatever. They were never going to do it for Avengers, but there was questions like maybe do Guardians of the Galaxy two, and but that studio is gone, so. No chance of that that deal's done and it's not uh, so mm. yeah i mean and as we know licensed deals are the biggest thing right now uh like, everyone's trying to get them e ea even after the star wars thing was like no we're going right back to disney we're getting we're going to keep doing star wars stuff and now we're also going to do marvel stuff like, oh okay mm. you didn't seem like you like the star wars stuff very much but well, okay um and, but no that's just the meta among publishers right now so uh we'll, we'll see what square enix ends up deciding on that yeah. stuff but yeah and just just so that we don't get shit for it in the comments we're forgetting that dragon quest is also a crazy seller yes um, of course so that's another thing that's helping them massively 
Uh, okay, let's see. Game Boy Advance Classic Metroid Fusion arrives on Nintendo Switch Online next week. This comes from CJ Adressen from Destructoid. The Metroid franchise is having something of a moment right now with the recent release of the highly praised Metroid Prime Remastered. I feel like the internet is abuzz about the adventure of Sam, adventures of Samus Aran. Uh, Metroid, Metroid Dread dropped the, uh, to widespread praise in 2021, and uh, Metroid has long been uh, a favorite franchise among fans. Uh, the Metroid Fusion is now coming to Nintendo Switch next week. I think it's March, yeah, March 9th through the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack a subscription plan. Um, so that means you got to just have the uh, $50 version of the, the per year of the expansion pass. Uh, and that will get you access to that through the Game Boy Advance Nintendo Switch Online app. Um, this means now on the, the Switch, you can get Metroid, Metroid 2, Sam, The Return of Samus, and Super Metroid, as well as Metroid Prime Remastered. So a lot of Metroid games on the Switch after not having many on there just a little bit ago. That's uh, pretty exciting. It's almost as if someone went uh, was walking around Nintendo and just opened a... A, a drawer and, and it was just a pile of metroid mm -hmm. documents and and like cds and carts and they were like did did everyone know we we got metroid here in this in this uh <laughs> did anyone do anything drawer? with this this is just been does here? anyone know what this is about and they're like and then ceo come that's where i put it god damn all right everyone metroid is back on the menu mm -hmm. um but yeah i i i am glad that metroid is back because one of my favorite franchises obviously um fusion is one of my favorite. I love Fusion. I think Fusion is fantastic. I played um, it again recently, and I uh, realized that my I I always liked it, but I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's different. But it's like, oh no, it's yeah. different. Really, it's different in a really good way. And so, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's it's the one that leans the hardest into horror for me. Yeah, um, which is so good. Like, I love it when when they kind of like lean into the the creepier and the horror side of of the Metroid universe and. I, I don't know if you're out there and you've like never played Metroid Fusion and you have an interest in Metroid or like 2D side-scrolling adventure games, um, or and you have access to this, play this game, man. It is it is so good. Uh, Fusion and Prime came out on the same day uh, in, 20, in 2002 originally, mm -hmm. and they had uh, connectivity as the, as Nintendo would call it back then. You plug in your Game Boy Advance with the the Fusion. Into your mm -hmm. GameCube, and it'd be like, "Hey, you! It looks like you played Metroid Fusion." Psychomantis would pop up, and uh, and then yeah. they, and they would unlock the Fusion suit. I think in the game, mm -hmm. um, they would have said if that was going to be supported in this, right? They would have said it. It's not going to work, right? Yeah, that's not. I don't think that's happening. No, okay. I, don't, I don't think so. It would be a nice surprise, I, but I just don't think so. I don't think so. Right, the question I have, I have is, uh, is this is this building up to a imminent or soon-ish metroid prime 4 um reveal or is it just them being like give them anything to get them off our ass about metroid prime 4 i to me it feels like it's building up to metroid prime 4 not a uh delay delay tactic this feels like uh mm. we are happy to get people thinking about metroid prime 4 again because we're gonna we're or metroid again because we're probably going to say something about Metroid Prime 4 here in the relatively near future. I, I don't know if it's a, like this summer, but it could be. I, I think I think we hear yeah. about it very soon. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, and then yeah. I think we probably get the game within the next year or so. Maybe yeah, next, I get the next feeling, 18 uh, months. I don't know about that. I'm, 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 I'm leaning I'm in that direction. About, I, I'm less certain about that. But I mean, like time is a... Is a, is a is a mess for me. So I don't even remember when they like re because they re had to. It was like, it was like four years ago. It. Yeah, we just was that four years ago. Yeah, I swear to God, I thought that was last year. So. No, yeah, we, we four uh, okay. years. We hit the, we hit the anniversary just a little bit ago. Four years All right, ago. Then, then this year seems very reasonable. Then, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe. I feel like I'm. It's been eighty four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope I hope that is soon because. Um, uh, I'm dying for more Metroid. I'm going to play Fusion, I think. Just Super Metroid is one of my favorite games ever. So I'm just imagining yeah. old Rose with uh, a locket with that JPEG of Metroid Prime 4 and now so it's been around her, <laughs> around her neck. Uh, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Uh, just just right so it's there. clear, because we know that uh, various Nintendo CEOs and executives watch uh, Game S Mornings. Please continue doing stuff with Metroid. Yes, please. please. It's very good. It's I, I think it could be bigger it. too. I think you can yeah. take it to the next level right now. Hey, you know what would be great if you did Breath of the Wild, but Metroid. Think Fuck about me. it. Yeah, just it do would that. Work. Just do that. Give it a go. Just give it a go. Please. Also, let me on a Nintendo jail. 
Uh, <laughs> Nintendo has taken Wii U games Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon offline for security reasons. This comes from Chris Scully and FVGC. Both games were taken offline at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday to fix the issues, uh, and Nintendo suggests it may be days before they're back online. Uh, the quote is, we have identified vulnerabilities with online play for these network services and have begun temporary emergency maintenance. Um, we expect an extended maintenance duration while we address these issues and have not determined when online play will resume. We sincerely apologize for this inconvenience and appreciate your understanding. Uh, Nintendo data miner Oatmeal Dome took to Twitter to note that the security <laughs> issue... And that's just, it's his name. His mama called him that. I love that we get the most serious yes. of information from people called biscuit carbohydrates or oatmeal dome and it's just security alert security alert oatmeal dome yeah. announces yeah uh it's, it's this is almost certainly an exploit called el enl buffer pwn which allows an attacker to take over someone's console and execute code on it just by playing against them online a recent youtube video by pablo incames mk7 shows how the exploit could be carried out on the mario kart 7 on the 3ds uh, it, which is, has been patched to prevent this from happening. But in the video, the hacker's, uh, the hacker's 3DS is shown connected to another player's 3DS via the game's online multiplayer. The hacker is then able to take control of the other 3DS and force it to install custom firmware. The big concern here is a couple of factors. Um, that Wii U gamepad has a camera in it, right? Like, they're like worried that people could get the camera to overtake it and get pictures of your home. They're also worried that they can then get into your uh, to your account and get your credit card information. So yeah, there's like real, the main thing. real vulnerabilities here. Yeah, the the camera and the credit card information are probably the thing that they're most concerned about. There's probably other things that you can do really sure. about and yes. get like an access to different things. But those are the, probably the things that if they don't lock it up immediately, it could result in big, big issues. Um makes sense and and obviously is smart um to do that and it's gonna be tough for like those three people with wii u though i i don't know if you're trying to access that camera <laughs> if you're trying to access that camera you're getting pictures of the sh you're getting the shittest quality pictures known to be like, yeah you will not be able to make out you can stand naked in front of a wii u camera and and people won't know what that is they'll be like is that what is that is that a hot dog i don't understand what is <laughs> it's this a person Absolutely. or a, is it a grandma that's oh, a hot dog camera <laughs> Uh, okay, well, well, we'll see how they do with that. Uh, meanwhile, things are going great over at Funko. Over 30 million worth of Funkos are headed to the landfill. This comes from Ethan Gock at Kotaku. The company that makes Funko Pop collectibles is in so much trouble that it's preparing to throw hundreds of thousands of its pop culture-inspired figurines into the garbage. Funko revealed Where the they belong! <laughs> Funko re revealed the plans and a recent earnings call filled with so much bad news, its stock price fell off the cliff the next day. Inventory at year-end totaled 246.4 million, says a quote from uh, one of the executives, uh, an increase of 48% compared to a year ago. The company wrote, that, that was actually from a press release, this includes inventory that the company intends to eliminate in the first half of 2023 to reduce fulfillment costs by managing inventory levels to align with the operating capacity of our distribution <laughs> center. This is expected to result in a write-down in the first half of 2023 of approximately 30 million to 36 million dollars i just read this this next thing that you're about to read and this first sentence that is about to be said especially the first example is a case to it makes the case for funko deserving every single thing that is happening to I don't them see the problem like i know people are love funko's good for you i know people that work at the funko company i'm sorry this is happening but after Jeff Grubb says this, I can't, I can't like hear that and be like, you don't deserve this. You, you deserve this. Funko's warehouses are overflowing with five inch chibi replicas of Machine Gun Kelly. Spider-Man Pikachu. and everything <laughs> bad that happens to you. I mean, I can't see how those are flying up the shelf. <laughs> what the hell? Why? How did that even happen? How does that even happen? <laughs> this Oh, uh, my God. During a call with Investors CEO Brian Mariotti said a new distribution center in Arizona was, all, was so full that, company, that the company has been bleeding cash, retiring, renting shipping containers to hold all of the excess inventory. Basically, <laughs> can, can you reread that quote and get the other part of it in as well, just so people aren't like thinking it's just Machine Gun yeah, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funko yeah Funko's warehouses are overflowing with five-inch chibi replicas of Machine Gun Kelly, Spider-Man, Pikachu, and every other vaguely famous cultural icon. I kind of wish we would have just left it. People are like, man, you hear that? <laughs> Game S Morning Star, they'd say they just made Machine Gun Kelly. There's $36 million worth of Machine Gun Kelly in a warehouse. 
because that's how it worked like the the atari like it's just et in the landfill yeah. right but there was a lot of games yeah. in the landfill um, yeah. This time it's just Machine Gun People Kelly. It was like an uh, an outsized number of e ETs. So yeah. <laughs> I imagine that I imagine in this list of Machine Gun Kelly, Spider Man, Pikachu, and every other vaguely famous cultural icon, people are definitely not buying Machine Gun Kelly. So yes, he's 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 all over the shop. Uh, what happened here is what's happened for a lot of companies. The pandemic happened. People had extra money. They bought they bought more Funko than they were buying before. I don't uh, like that. I don't like I, that. I, listen, I don't, I don't like, like the I don't, I don't like the implication. I don't, I don't like Funko Pop as a coping mechanism for a global pandemic. No, it's bad. Like it. It's sad. Like do it that. makes me worried about my fellow human. Yeah. Like I, I'm dealing with a lot of shit. I need Funko Pops. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please don't just do that, <laughs> just call your friend instead. Just get on the Discord oh. to talk to your buddies. Yeah. Just get on a Zoom call and watch some Netflix together or like watch Amazon some reality. Watch some shitty re watch reality, reality TV. TV show. Yeah. Just yeah. Watch a movie. Don't buy a Funko Pops, please. But they were out there buying Funko Pops, and so. The Funko Pop Corporation was like, let's ramp up production and get them out there. And then, uh, yeah, that's now they have way too much stuff. So uh, look out for your Pikachu and Machine Gun Kelly Funkos in a landfill near you here pretty soon. Dreg's Day. Uh, Capcom has confirmed its next digital event for next week. This is from Andy Robinson at VGC. Capcom will live stream a 26-minute digital event next week featuring various upcoming games it's announced. Capcom Spotlight will stream on Thursday, March 9th at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time uh, with a pre-show 20 minutes earlier. According to the publisher, the event will feature news on Resident Evil 4, Exo Primal, Monster Hunter Rise, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy, uh, Legacy Collection, and then Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Uh, this is a digital event where we'll be sharing updates and new information about our upcoming games, Capcom said. That uh, that's actually, I mean, it's a list of games I'm interested in. I want to get updates on. Do you think there's any chance they have any surprises here? I hope they have at least one surprise. I would like them to. I mean, uh, I feel like all the stuff here are known quantities in a lot of ways. Like, there's no no game here where they talked about, you know, oh, we're gonna have updates on this, and none of them were like, oh, amazing. I didn't know not know this was happening. Um, we knew every single one of these was happening. Um, so I hope that they've also got something locked in for for a surprise. I I'm surprised there's no Street Fighter mentioned here. Um, but they have been talking a lot about Street Fighter fairly recently, so maybe they're like, ah, it's fine. But you know what, everyone, I want everyone to get excited and hopeful that Dino Crisis is happening. Finally, yeah, I, I want to believe that Dino Crisis can happen. Because uh, I mean actually, no, scratch that. Uh, they're doing a new God Hand, or they're doing a God Hand uh, remaster. All right, that's what's happening. I'm down for that. That'd be, if we're that'd gonna, be great. If we're gonna just randomly pick things, let's go for God Hand Remaster. Yeah, do the real game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do do the do the games that do the game that the gamers want. Uh, it's a 26 minute event, so yeah, pretty short. Uh, they they do have a lot of games that they that they are, are trying to remind people about in addition to Resident Evil 4. So you say, hey, Resident Evil 4 stuff, come get excited about that. And now let me teach you about Exo Primal because there's gonna be a lot of people who still have never heard of Exo Primal. Um, and there's a lot of people who care about Resident Evil, so it's a it's a good strategy. I hope it really works for Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, a game that everyone tells me I should play is really good. Oh, you never, never played Ghost never, Trick? Never played Ghost oh, Trick. Man, and I'm going to when it comes in to the for Switch. A great time. That's what you're everyone's everyone loves one. it. So yeah. I, dude, it's just so charming, man. It's so charming and it's so it's got the best dog in video games, missile. Um, and it's also a dog named Missile Festival Festival, like come on. Um, it's and good. Ghost Trick is just like, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's what, what I've always heard. So I'm like, all right, I'm, it's coming to Switch. I want to check it out. So we'll get one more preview of what it sounds like from Capcom, and then hopefully it comes out pretty soon after that, and we'll get into it. Uh, Mario movie directors explain their take on Princess Peach. This comes from Jim Norman at Nintendo Life. One of the film's most drastic changes appears to have come in the shape of Princess Peach, uh, formerly the helpless damsel in distress of the early Mario games, being passively moved from castle to castle before being snatched from the jaws of defeat at the last minute. The, fi the film appears to be taking a different approach. Um, this is a, a quote from the directors where they said, where they basically they described that we made Luigi the damsel in, in, in distress instead. It's Mario's goal to save his brother from Bowser's clutches. He has to go on this epic adventure to do that. So Luigi, who's a famously nervous and anxious character, finds himself in the worst possible predicament, having to survive interrogations with Bowser and make it through the gauntlet. Uh, Peach is the monarch who leads this kingdom of hapless, adorable toads. We were thinking how, how strong that person would need to be to protect those people. All that informed the idea of Peach's character in our movie. I really like this idea of like, 
they're trying to like like puzzle out like what what kind of leader would that would be required there's and it's like that neocon theory of like we need a strong leader in the middle east we need saddam hussein so i'm just imagining princess peach <laughs> as saddam hussein yeah. <laughs> like all right cool dude that's that's uh, but all right but it's like no it, she's probably just gonna step on mario and that's what they're going for actually what, oh, what do you God, think i hope so yeah <laughs> I hope so. that would be a hell of a thing um i i think this makes perfect sense like it, it's it's a smart move from characterization and it's not too far away from the source material like luigi is a coward yes like, he i love is, that he is and that is why we love him he is anxious he's us and Mario, we can't relate to Mario, okay? No, we can we can relate. Empty to, vessel. To, yeah, he's he's just whatever. Mario's Mario sucks. Um, Luigi is the real star of this franchise, and it also means that you know Mario is gonna win, uh, despite it being Wario's catchphrase. Am I gonna win? We know it's gonna be War uh, Mario. Um, at least we get a kind of arc for Luigi there. He will overcome and then he will have this triumphant moment where he will be like, I did it. And we can be excited about that. And then on top of that, we get to see Princess Peach doing what she probably does off screen in every single iteration of every video game. There's no way she remains in power and is just permanently this damsel in distress. While we're not there, she's clearly putting in the work. Yeah, she's now TCB, taking care of business. Yeah, she's taking care of business. She's girl bossing, she's gatekeeping, and she's <laughs> there, you know, gaslighting everyone while we're not watching. Yes. So we just get to see that now. I can't wait. It's uh, it, we're a month away from this movie, right? It's uh, it's early. It's er, yeah, a month away. April, yeah, early April. Very excited. Yeah. I I can't wait to see it. It's gonna be a good time. I think it's like almost exactly a month. So yeah, because like that Tuesday night. All right. Um, finally. Uh, some Japan sales. Kirby enters at number one. A PS5 is still the number one gaming hardware system. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe sold 189,000 copies in Japan. That's physical only. Uh, that puts it just ahead of Octopath Traveler 2 for the Switch, which did 54,000 copies. Um, Octopath Traveler 2 was also on the chart for PS5 with 14,000 copies sold. Uh, normally, this list is, even with uh, PlayStation 5 being at uh, 77,000 units sold to the OLED models, 40,000 units. Uh, the, the software chart is still usually all Nintendo. This month, or this week, it's actually going to be like a dragon uh, for both PS4 PS5 at 3 and 4. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy on the chart again for the PS5 uh, at, mm. at number, let's see, let's number 6. Um, and then Octopath Traveler for the PS5. So a lot of Sony representation in the software chart. It, it feels like the, it's not just people buying the system. It feels like a lot of people have PS5 now and software sales are starting to trend in that direction as well. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Yakuza is up there. I mean, it's PS5, Me too. And PS5, which is great, but I'm, I'm excited to see the upward trend of Yakuza continue even when it's, a outside of what people expect kind of yakuza like ishin which is not you know the kiri saga um but i it, it speaks to a kind of versatility and hardiness now that the uh that the yakuza franchise has been given because like a dragon which was obviously ichiban kasuga as the main star also did pretty well um and it means that for Yakuza fans, it's a sign that we can be confident that he's the, the franchise has got a life in it beyond uh, Kiryu, um, which is great to see. But yeah, everything else here makes a lot of sense. Like, but games are as as hardware um, kind of uptake um, uh, adoption uh, increases. Like the games are also bearing fruit um, in, in in to show that uh, purchases are being made. So yeah, Octopath Traveler, I'm glad is there, but um, right, also pretty PS5, pretty decent, interesting. Yeah, PS5 is interesting. I would, have, I would have expected the Switch version to be the one to be there. Well, I mean, the Switch version is actually up there at number two. Uh, 54,000 oh, yeah, copies. Okay, so, cool, yeah. Cool, yeah. So, it's yeah, like between the two of them, they're at what? Like, this is just physical, but about 70,000 units sold. So, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. uh, Kirby for, killing it. Kirby, the, Japan loves the curb. Yep. And it's a full price, like, re, like deluxe version of, of a Wii game. So it's like, mm -hmm. even that didn't slow it down, it seems like. So that's pretty good. And again, that's physical only. You could expect probably another uh, to double that with, with, with digital. So pretty good for Kirby. Uh, okay. Let's get to the polls. Let's Kirby go to the polls. Mm -hmm. Yesterday I asked, do you think 50 cents, 50, excuse me. Do you think 50 cent is actually teasing GTA six? 26.4% said yes. 73.6% said no. 
Uh, Pam, did you see this? Did you see uh, the, the reason people think he might be teasing? Yeah, wasn't he talking about... What, was it, what did he say exactly? It was an Instagram post. He had a picture of Vice City, and he's like, big announcement coming soon. And, oh, and he said it was bigger than Power, his TV show. And then a lot of uh, uh, GTA content creators were like, I think he's just talking about his TV show. And then I was like, a, a new TV show or something like that. And maybe it's Miami related. Uh, and I'm kind of leaning in that direction as well. I, I yeah, don't think 50 Cent so. is teasing GTA 6. No, I don't think so. I, I don't remember. Did Dr. Dre te tease his DLC? I don't think so. I, I think like... I think this is just like one of those things where it's like uh, he's just teasing something and just uh, coincidentally, um, you know, a, a, a thing has happened where uh, they've got GTA in the background. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. he I think he's programming the new GTA, says Nylock. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's sorting out all those graphics that people are upset about. Yeah. Uh, all right. I need to come up with a new poll question. Uh, but while I do, uh, Tam. Why don't you tell people what we got going on for the rest of today, I guess? Next week? I don't know. It's Friday. Uh, tell me what you're got, doing this weekend. I don't know. You know what? I, I'm going to be doing as little as possible this weekend, hopefully. Yeah. We've got UPF later. Yes. Which is going to be fun. I did, it, was, it wasn't themed this, this week, is it? It was going to be GameCube themed, but we're, we're, yeah. we're juggling we're stuff because we got Jan yeah. out on assignment. So it's like yeah, we're, we're yeah, juggling so. some things. UPF is going to happen this week, and then you're all going to have a very good weekend, and then you'll be back next week for a new batch of podcasts and Game Mess Mornings and maybe even a few quick looks. Um, it's going to be a good time. All right. You know what? Let's yeah. Does the new wear Enix CEO love NFTs? Yes, no. All right, everybody. Let's uh, let's start wrapping things up. Tam, thank you so much for spending today talking with me about video games. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me, as always. Um, I hope that Dreg's Day has uh, improved for everyone. Yeah, you got me through Friday it for everyone. Yeah, and um, just hopefully see you again next week. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for watching. You're the best audience in gaming. Until next time, have a good one. Take care of yourself and goodbye. Bye.